You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Basketball has officially entered the second half of the season. And this is the time for teams to prove if they are contenders or pretenders. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Get in on the action now to claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, and assist means so much more with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy lineup. The New York Knicks are one of the biggest underdog surprises of the season, so you could probably make some money off the backs of players like R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, and Julius Randle. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 2, Episode 35. And if you're listening to this and you think it sounds a little like dog shit and not the quality that you're used to, it's just that uh, I am recording today's podcast, and we're doing it old school on the audio app because I totally forgot the how, to, how to use GarageBand. And there's no Andy, so that means I have a special guest, Jimmy Collins of The Morning Skate, Jimmy, how are you doing? I'm good. I just want to get ahead of this. Uh, you're talking about how this might sound shitty. I just want our listeners to know that that has absolutely nothing to do with me being on the podcast. Uh, I think this is more of a, a you problem than it is a me problem. But I'm here, to, I'm here to support you. <laughs> one team, one dream, and uh, we'll get through it. I've said this before on the podcast. Andy like is the backbone. and I used to do my own recordings, and GarageBand was like so simple. I opened up GarageBand and it was, I, things were downloading. I was downloading instruments. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I just X'd out of it as soon as possible because I was like, this borderline looks like a virus and I can't be dealing with that stuff right now. Uh, big week for me, getting married on Friday. Uh, the Rangers got a huge win last night to start my week off great. Uh, they play again tomorrow and I'm a little nervous that 
because I invest so much of my emotions into this team that they could just suffocate me on Thursday night if they don't get a win against the Penguins. I, I think I have a couple things to break down here. As oh, a beer league captain and GM, I would like to thank you for getting married on April 9th instead of during the season or during the playoff push. There's been some times where uh, it's the end of the year and guys are missing games because they have anniversary dinners with their wives. And I'm like, hey, boys, like you should have fucking thought about this first. Like you committed to my team. You know right. what I mean? So <laughs> I, I just want to say thank you for, for getting ahead of that. Congratulations. That's going to be sick. Uh, there's all the, I mean, dude, that's just a, you're opening up a whole new book and writing down whatever chapters you want, dude. So that was a little, uh, that was a little soft kid for you a little bit. I know. Um, that was like, but again, yeah, just congrats, dude. That's going to be sick, man. That's going to be really, really cool. Um, and yeah, no better way to kick that week off with an absolute spanking of the Pittsburgh Penguins, huh? I know. And I need it because. Well, her her parent her family are like Devil fans. They're from Jersey, so, um, you know, Damn. and we yeah, it's it's okay. It is what it is. I mean, like I know <laughs> nobody's perfect. You know, it's, it's. I guess it's better than the Islanders. I think. Yeah. Or and then uh, no, way better than Philly because I don't know. I feel like although the Devils have their championships, they're just still kind of always going to be the little brother. So it is what it is. The Devils had their nineties, dude. The Islanders are forever. I, I I would much rather date a girl who's a New Jersey Devil fan and be like, okay, well, maybe you grew up during that time where you just wanted to be a front runner, uh, compared to somebody who's an Islanders fan. Islanders fans are just a whole different breed of just like insufferability, you know? Yeah. Well, they they're isolated out on that island. They think the world revolves around them. They think they're cool because they're close to New York City, but not New York City. And it's just like, come on, man. You're comparing yourselves to, you know, Madison Square Garden and, you know, Manhattan. It's just it's just not going to work. But, um, you know, looking back at last night's game, obviously that was huge. They put up another eight spot, uh, you know, and it's just like whenever you really count this team out, they really you back in. Are you worried that this is just another high on this roller coaster season and that they're going to crash and burn. Cause right now I have some serious hope. Um, so I said this on, on our podcast, I would say probably months, month and a half ago. There's no way we make the playoffs. I, I think the only chance the Rangers have to make the playoffs is if there's a catastrophic, well, it would be catastrophic. I'm not saying the injury needs to be catastrophic, but like if something bad were to happen to like Pittsburgh or the Bruins where like Bergeron's out for a while or Sidney Crosby gets hurt for a while, that's the only chance they have, dude. And and you're right, man. Like when's the last time we've had a Rangers team that's been pun up eight or nine goals throughout the course of the season? It's happened three times. I, I honestly can't remember, um, which is good, right? Yeah. Like that's kind of cool. We have the firepower. Um but they're the, they're the Rangers, man. They never do anything easy, ever, in, since I've been born. And this is just – we have, like, a Rangers group chat, and I think – I would think most of us are kind of realistic with what's going on. We have a couple of buddies who are like, we're making the – there's no way they make the playoffs. So many things have to go right for the New York Rangers to make the playoffs, and being a New York Rangers fan for 30 years, I'm very aware that that won't happen. And it's sad. But I think we'll probably get into it a little bit later why I'm so frustrated with like certain line combos and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, this was if if you want the Rangers to make the playoffs, this is the absolute first thing that they need to do. You wrote a blog about it. Like these two points were huge. 
and I know it's one game and there's tons of games left and stuff like that, but after giving the Buffalo Sabres a point and a shootout loss, like I would have said this was make or break too, man. And they came out and I think a lot of people are excited about the eight goals. The worrisome thing for me is they gave up four. And like you could tell that Igor was frustrated with giving up four goals. I think in, on a normal night, you give up four goals, you probably lose. He faced 40 shots. So, he, I mean, he played well. But the Penguins, man, they buzz. Like, they, yeah. they really do. I know we dominated, but, like, they can get the puck down the ice in two seconds and score. And they talked about it on, on MSG every two, two seconds. Joe McLeodie loved saying that. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. What do you got? Yeah, well, the Pittsburgh Penguins kind of came out of nowhere for me this year. I had them, like, penciled in as, like, towards the bottom of the standings. I'm like, there's no way that Sidney Crosby and Malkin are going to lead another team into the playoffs and be able to compete. And I go, their time just has to be done. And I don't know, Crosby to me is, like, now he's starting to turn into this, like, Tom Brady figure that as long as he's in the league, he's just going to be a part of the playoffs. And... He's just going to be a nuisance, and he's always going to be good, and his team's always going to be good. And they brought in these players like McCann and, you know, uh, the kid from Providence with the long hair, and I forget his name right now, but he's so annoying. Um, yeah, he's oh, – god damn it. Um, is he a forward? No, god. This is like now it's bad podcasting because I don't know the guy's name, and I can't stand him. But anyway, he's from Providence, and – He's just good, and he's just like a snake out there. And they always get these pieces, just like just like you Brand. know the Patriots did back in the day, and it always Brand works out. Rowans. Every single time. Like, where did Jake Ensel come from? Where did Brian Rust come from? I, Remember uh, Connor Sheary had a little bit of a stint with those guys? Like, they yeah. can throw anybody with them. And here's the thing, dude. As long as Sidney Crosby has a pulse, like the Penguins have a chance, and there's very few people in the world that you can say that about. I mean – how often does McDavid make the playoffs? I know. He, he's arguably one of the best players in the world. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, Sidney Crosby, he just knows how to do it, dude. And, like, they talk about this every year. Not that he coasts through the regular season, but, like, he gets through the regular season and then come playoff time, watch the fuck out because he's going to be one of the best players again. It not happens, that he's not already. It happens every year where they're, like, they should be the first in the standings and they they would drop a little bit. And then, like, at the end of the season, they'd go off and win 10 in a row and be like, yep, no, we're in it. So don't worry about us. Yeah, they're doing it with two, like, not so great goalies. Like, their goalies did not look great last night. I, I think and, that ultimately hurts them, though. But, yeah, you're right. You're a thousand percent right. It's uh, it's definitely like a strange thing, and like their defense to me doesn't scream that they're like really all that great. Like, I Chris Letang's been a, a pretty good offensive defenseman throughout his career. That John Marino kid's gonna be really good. I love Brian Dumoulin. I wish he was on the New York Rangers. I think in the off season it'd be imperative for the Rangers to go out and kind of get a veteran guy like that who doesn't suck. I think the Rangers kind of nail it where they always want a veteran defenseman and like a Mark Stahl and a Jack Johnson, but they have to be aware that they know how to play hockey. And I don't think that they're quite there yet. And I think maybe if they can figure that out, that'd be helpful, but you're right, man. Like I kind of had Pittsburgh penciled out too a little bit, but in the back of your mind, it's like Crosby and they're doing all this shit without Malkin dude. And Malkin's like another fucking, he's one of the top 100 players ever play the game. So yeah. it's like, it's nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, we play him again on Thursday. And But going back to the last game we just played, I thought the Rangers did a lot of good things and they did a lot of bad things. And I'm not sure if the bad things were self-inflicted or the Penguins just with their style of play kind of created. And, you know, some of the good things I saw is, you know, the Rangers, I really thought, got grade-A scoring chances. When sometimes when they play these teams, 
you see them and they it's like we don't even have like a real true shot on goal like but they were getting scoring chances they were like they were working hard and you know they're driving the net and i just thought they were throwing pucks on net and you know even though you know there were some instances where i was still yelling shoot they did a lot of good things that way some of the bad things i saw is that you know once again we get lost in the defensive zone and it just seemed like for 30 seconds at a time the penguins were on a power play and i don't know if that's just something that they do so well or were the rangers kind of like all right we're going to sacrifice offense you know, we're going to sacrifice defense this way we can turn and go and, and create some offense the other way. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you play NHL 21? No, I mean, I ha I have played it, but I, I don't like player regularly. So there's like this EASHL thing where like you set up your own team and all the players are equal. Like you can kind of make your player a little bit better through like certain traits and stuff. And you either play three on three, five on five. And the team that wins that game are the team that can dominate the faceoff dot. Like it happens all the time. Like there's people that are so sick of faceoffs. Like, and you can you can tell. Like within the first like four faceoffs of the game, either you know you're in one or you're gonna be fine. Sidney mm -hmm. Crosby won pretty much every fucking faceoff he had last night. Like Mika Zibanejad was nowhere to be found mm -hmm. in the dot. That can be problematic yeah. a little bit because whoever has the puck has possession, and that's why the Penguins end up getting forty fucking shots. You look at that power play; he just wins a fucking faceoff. Boom, boom, boom. McCann, see you later. Like that's all it is. Um, I think you, another thing that you kind of mentioned, like the Rangers, when they play a game, they're either attacking the net or they're just playing on the perimeter. When they play on the perimeter, they they suck. It's like Panarin has the puck and everybody's standing still and like. Can't do anything if nobody's moving. But everybody was going to net last night. That was really good to see. Seemed like everybody was contributing. I'm sure we'll get into certain names. Um, Adam Fox is fucking – he that kid is so good. I'm so happy he's on the New York Rangers. Like, And he came from Carolina too. Well, Calgary and then Carolina, which is just another plus. But, uh, I mean, everybody kind of contributed yesterday. The big dogs stepped up. You had Zbigniew, Kreider, Buchnevich. Uh, and then you had Strom and Panarin, and then the kids' line also contributed too, which which was really good to see. Um, Brendan Smith, man, he's so endearing because I just don't—he's not that great of a player, but like you just love because he just battles his ass off. Like the effort, you can never question that. Libor Hayek, I say this all the time—he is the most scared NHL hockey player ever. He gets the puck and he 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 just starts freaking out. Like he's like the Tasmanian Devil. He has no idea, but they showed a sick clip of him juggling a puck in warmups, so people think he's sweet. But it. it I, I agree with you. Um, yeah, I mean, the other 9 nothing games, I don't think we're as fun as this in my head because you're watching and, like, the big guys are scoring, but the kids aren't doing anything. The kids did some stuff last night, which was good to see, too. Capo had a goal. Lafreniere had a goal. Heedle, I think, had two assists. Yeah. So, good to see. I hate Kratzoff on the fourth line. I will probably get into that. But, um, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Their power play was clicking last night, too. Yeah, it was all – all right. Do you want to go into like the kids and playing time and stuff like that? Because I feel like that's going to take a lot of energy out of me because I feel <laughs> well, I share your frustration and it's like, but I also get what Quinn is doing because he's kind of coaching for his job and he's probably like, I'm never going to actually be successful playing the kids. Like the odds are not in my favor that these kids are going to like come together and dominate. Like, especially when you're playing against teams like the Pittsburgh Penguins, like, Let's face it, Crosby, like if, if there was a matchup between the kid line and, and Crosby's line and whoever, whoever's even on the wings at that point, they would they would fucking expose them. Like Crosby's been there, done that. 
Like you can't afford to throw those kids out there against some of these teams. And I think Quinn knows that. But on the other hand, it's like you got to develop these kids. Some you got to get them reps. And if you told me Lafreniere is going to play another year junior, I'd have been like, that's fine. If you told me that, you know, Kaka was going to play another year in, you know, in, you know, Finland, I'd be like, fine. But you can't bring these guys, kids over here and, and just not really play them. And I feel like, and then another part of me, see, this is why it takes out so much energy. Because now another part of me is like, look where Kaka was last year. And then look where he is this year. I thought he has a huge improvement. I think he looks a lot stronger, bigger. He's more confident with the puck. His analytics are just like off the charts compared to last year. Maybe it was kind of good that he didn't play that much and was just like kind of, you know, watching from the bench and saw how the big boys do it. And then another part of me is like, no, fuck it. You got to dive in. You got to go head first into this. You can't dip your toe into the, this water here because you are a developing team. Develop them, like throw them to the wolves. So I don't, what are your take? Well, Quinn, Quinn was brought in here to, to develop kids. I think that was like the number one thing why they brought David Quinn here. We were rebuilding on the fly. You need somebody to do that. Um, I don't think the Rangers make the playoffs. Maybe in his head that he thinks that they are. But to me, there's very small chances of that. Um, my, you have so many good players in that you can even out the lines. Like, think about it. You have Zibanejad's a hell of a player. You have Panarin's a hell of a player. Strom can produce. Kreider can produce. You have three or four kids. Why not just mix up the lines a little bit? Put one of the good kids with each one of those good guys and just roll them, right? Again, I'm not an NHL coach. You're right with Capo. Like, he looks a lot better this year. I think maybe another one of the huge names that I think Quinn has really helped out is Bujanavich. You look mm -hmm. at him, he's a completely different player than he was when he first started playing. Obviously, he's older, he's stronger, all these things, but something happened to him where it clicked, and now every, there's not a night that guy takes a day off. Yeah, Like, has he been benched once this year? I, I can't really think of that. And he used to be benched literally almost every game. Mm -hmm. So it, it's a little bit back and forth, but like... I don't know, man. Lafreniere, I think, in terms of the first overall pick, has played the least amount of time on ice than any other first overall pick. And you have Kratzov on the fourth line, which is hilarious. A couple of weeks ago, Quinn was interviewed, and he's like, I'm aware Kratzov's not a fourth line guy. And then his second game, he's on the fourth line, yeah. playing with Rooney Field, Di Giuseppe. So that didn't work. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it all depends, man. I think to me, I don't know if David Quinn's really coaching for his job because I don't think that the Rangers really thought they were going to make the playoffs this year. But at the same time, it's like, play, just fucking play the kids. I understand if they're out against Crosby, they're probably going to get scored on. But how are they going to learn if they're not out against Crosby? No, I listen, I'm with you. I'm with you a thousand percent. But I listen, I, I would rather them be playing. I would rather them. I'm with the crowd that is that demands they even just throw them all on a line together and throw them out there. I don't really even see Kako as a kid anymore. I just think his game has really just taken another level this year. So I don't. I would rather Kako on the line with uh, Stroman Panarin, right, play the right-hand side. You're not, uh, you know, I, I, I used to think, and, and Andy would probably agree with me, that that line with Kako could have been a huge defensive liability. I don't know this year under uh, you know Jacques Martin. I, I really don't. I think the team plays much better team defense, and they've made so like such a big stride in the defensive zone that I don't think that's a huge 
you know, that's a huge factor, especially given that Panarin is still on fire. He still dictates the play when it's on his stick. Like, when he gets the puck, you know you're going to be in the offensive zone. Like, there's never a turnover and people go the other way. He doesn't do anything stupid with the puck. And uh, and then I'd rather, you know, Kravtsov play the right-hand side with, you know, Lafreniere and, and Hedl. And, again, is that even, like, a kid line? I feel like Hedl's been here for, like, five years. Does any, Like, I know he's, like, yeah. he's, like, 20. But I feel like he's been on this team for about four years now. Um, yeah. It's just, like, I don't even view him as a kid. And it's just, like, let the winger, let Hedl, like, lead those kids and... Heedle's been playing well. Again, he's another kid that, you know, last year I thought he struggled a bit. And then this year, you know, after he came back, before he got hurt, he was amazing. I thought he was doing a lot of good things. And then he got hurt. He came back. I think it took him a couple games to get back into it. But he seems to be trending back into that direction where he is like a force to be reckoned with, especially if he's playing third-line matchups against other teams' third lines. Yeah, and I'm just, I'm just thinking, like, Quinn has Panarin glued with Strom. I understand that they played really well together, but my thing, think of it this way. Like we, we mentioned the Sidney Crosby thing. Like you can make sure you have a different center out against Crosby because most of our young kids are wingers, right? Like really the only right. young kid that we have in the middle is Filipino. So if, as long as you have Zibanejad paired up against like a Crosby, then like, think of it this way. You have Zibanejad, Strom, Hedl down the middle, right? You put Lafreniere, Buchnevich with Zibanejad. You put Heedle with Panarin, and you put Strom with Capo. You kind of fill in all these other spots, and then you just roll those fucking lines, man. And you just make sure that one of those centers that isn't Philip Heedle's out there when Crosby's out there. And just roll them. And right now, I think they are playing for the playoffs because, like, you've seen success with most of these lines and stuff like that. But at some point, it's like, why don't we just see what the fuck happens? Like, it isn't the beginning of the year either. Like, these kids have learned throughout the course of the season, like, what kind of needs to happen. I think it's far less problematic to have a young winger than it is a center just because, like, your defensive zone wow, responsibilities are way different than if you're a center. If you're a center, you're kind of fucked. I, I would hate to play center. So much skating, so much defensive, like, awareness, all that stuff. Winger, you have you have your point guy, dude. And, and unless you're first back in the zone, then you're kind of figuring everything else. But to me, I just – and maybe we'll see that once they're mathematically eliminated, you'll probably start seeing a little bit of different type of stuff. But knowing the Rangers, they're probably going to be three points out with the last two games of the year. They'll beat Boston. They'll be one point out and then they'll lose. That, that'll, that's probably what will happen. Well, they're certainly probably trending in that direction. Um, but I'll take that. I, I, I would take that season. You know, we are in a shit division, like in terms of like every single team above us, you pretty much could pencil them into a playoff spot in any other division. Like maybe yeah. Philly with the, how they're playing bad, but I thought Philly was going to win this division. I really did. What's up, everybody? This is Taylor and Brendan from Straight Up Sabres of the Hockey Podcast Network. Things are not going very well in Saberland uh, this season or really for the past 10 years or so. However, we here at Straight Up Sabres are so excited to keep bringing you guys the latest Sabres news with everything ranging from interviews with some of your favorite Twitter follows all the way up to former players and everything in between. We have got you covered with your weekly coverage of the Buffalo Sabres. That's right. We got a lot coming up uh, through the rest of the season and into the offseason. Who's going to coach the team next year? Uh, is Kevin Adams going to have a new boss? Will he be a president of hockey operations? Will there be an assistant GM? Are they going to fill out their scouting staff? 
how many times will I cry next week? Maybe zero. I'm dead inside. Will Jack Eichel be here? Sam Reinhardt going to get extended? You know, all this and more on Straight Up Sabres. Exciting stuff. So make sure you're checking us out wherever you're listening to podcasts and following us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram at Straight Up Sabres and on Twitter at Straight Sabres. But yeah, I think you're a thousand percent right. I think the worst thing that could have happened is Ranger fans, uh, you know, give a nickname to a line because now I feel like there's obligation to fulfill that, you know, the nickname, you know, the, the KZB line. And now 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 Quinn's probably just like you know the fans like that and maybe I'll do that I mean not not really but you know there's just like that aura that they need to stay together and you know I don't think and and you can you know say I'm wrong with this but is there some sort of pressure you think from David Quinn that he needs to keep uh you know after Kreider signed that extension and that contract that he needs to play first or second line minutes and he really can't put him in the second line because I mean, they, I guess, you know, it depends on how you look at it. If, you know, Panarin's line really is the first line. I trust them more than than uh, the Zibanejad's line. But do you think there's pressure on Quinn to have, you know, Kreider playing those type of minutes every night? I think there is, but I think if you even out the first three lines and you just roll him, he'll get those minutes. Yeah, and, you know, it's just, it might be like, especially Quinn, I want to ask him and be like, listen, there's no denying that Kreider comes in and out and he's Casper one day and then he's like one of the best players on the ice for, you know, weeks at a time. And then he goes back to being a shell, you know, for weeks at a time. Like during his down weeks, why can't you just push him down to the third line and bring someone else up? Because if he's doing nothing on the first line, it's the same thing if Lafreniere went to the first line and did nothing. But, like, no one would ever ask them that question because, you know, that's pretty insulting to the player. But, you know, you know what I'm saying. It's just, like, they need to find out, like, the balancing act. I don't mind lines changing during the course of the season. But you got to kind of, like, have a feel for the game. Like, right now, you know, Lafreniere's feeling himself. I know he had some success where he was. You can keep it that way. But you might as well say, like, pat him on the butt and say, hey, man, you're going to start the game with Zibanejad. Right, you earn this, and then tell Kreider if he's really a leader in that locker room, be like, "Hey, Kreider, it's like you're gonna take a couple shifts with with Heedle's line just to get Lafreniere going. You know, he earned it. Nothing against you, and just and just leave it like that. Just way Lafreniere is going to this game with a little bit of confidence, and he goes, "I'm gonna move you right back because I really thought you guys had some great chemistry." And then like that's how you should be coaching up these players, not fucking you know, be like, "All right, well, you played a really great game. Now I'm gonna limit you to seven minutes tonight because you know I don't want to give you too much." Yeah, and Quinn even talked about like how the minutes are there, they're just not on the special teams. Well, hey, Quinn, why aren't, why isn't the first overall pick on your special teams? Why is Jacob Truba just firing fucking shots nowhere? I mean, obviously he had that tip in with Capo, but like, I don't understand what Jacob Truba brings to any sort of power play. It kind of blows my mind. Mm-hmm. The curious case of Colin Blackwell, dude. This guy comes out of nowhere. He's 27, 28 years old. He's produced. It's hard to like kind of put him somewhere where he's not going to be able to succeed, but it infuriates me seeing him get more minutes than these kids that are supposed to be elite level talent. And it kind of goes back and forth. I mean, every game he scores pretty much. So it's like crazy, man, which is cool. But at the same time, it's like, what is Colin Blackwell's ceiling compared to what is Lafreniere and Capo Caco ceiling in a season that you're probably not going to make the playoffs. Right. And 
you know, I totally agree with you, but then, you know, I, that's why I really truly believe Quinn in that locker room believes they have a shot at the playoffs. And he's probably saying like, I need to play my guys that are producing and, and get them, you know, on the ice because it's the only way I'm going to be able to compete against this division is if these guys are, are playing. And, you know, I do want to ask you too, a huge component of this team this year has been Ryan Strom. I think besides maybe the first couple games, other than that, he's been Mr. Consistent. He proved that he didn't really truly need Panarin on his line to produce and be, you know, the center that we see him as. What is Ryan Strom? Because everyone I ask, even even Andy, it's just like, we don't really know, like, do you lock this guy up? Because he's putting up second line center numbers for sure. But everybody's like the eyeball test is like, well, no, no, Ryan Strom's not a second line center on a Stanley Cup team. He's more of like a third or fourth line center. It's like, I don't, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I would just keep giving him the same contracts you keep giving him until something breaks. Yeah. I don't know if he'd be willing to do something like that. But Ryan Strom to me reminds me if you're a Stanley Cup contender and you're the New York Rangers, I think Ryan Strom is a perfect third line center. <laughs> and it kind of reminds me of those days where they had Zuccarello, uh, Broussard, and Pouliot, arguably the best third line ever to play in the NHL. If you can develop a line where you have Ryan Strom down the middle and then kind of put some pieces around him, I think we're a center away and I think we're a veteran, good defenseman away from being like a pretty problematic team coming out of the i forget metro it's not the metro whatever the whatever mass it is. mutual the mass mutual division <laughs> um I, it's just so weird and then dude you have so many other pieces like goche didn't even play last night and i love what goche I, brings i love ex- i love what he brings and he would have been i think a really good player last night considering how the rangers were feeling themselves and getting pucks to the net because that kid feeds off of like that physicality and and the you know he he is a he's a force man he's a big big boy like and I, I love i love what he brings i love his game and you know i don't mind sticking him on the fourth line because there's really no and he's a kid don't forget and there's really no pressure for him to really develop because i don't think he's got a ceiling that you know is any higher than maybe a third line winger so again no pressure he can pretty much be slotted anywhere on their third and fourth line um, maybe not right now, given given our depth with Kraftsaw up, but um, yeah, dude. Like looking at this team and looking at the overall pit, big picture, I definitely want our our young kids playing more. But I also, I know you don't believe that. I I truly think that there's a run for the playoffs here. I do. But everything would have to go perfect. I'd love to watch it. That'd be fucking unbelievable. I think honestly, the Rangers' biggest problem, other than like inconsistency of forward, is like I I think that Jacob Truba contract is going to come back to bite us so hard. When we signed him, we thought he was going to be like some stallion, and like people say, he eats minutes and all this stuff. He can't skate. Yeah. Like I don't know when that happened, but like it seems like he's always a step behind. If you look at our defensemen, we've really I I might get shit for this. You have Adam Fox, who's unbelievable. Ryan Lindgren's an absolute warrior, and Keandre Miller is smooth as shit. Other than that, Jacob Truba makes a ton of mistakes, and then you're wheeling out Brendan Smith and Lee Hayek. Like, we have three capable NHL defensemen. You could argue four with Jacob Truba. Most teams have six. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, 
like that could be a problem. But we also have we have uh, Lindquist. Lundqvist, he won the award for best Swedish defenseman in his league. He's going to be coming over. Zach Jones at UMass put up a pretty big year. I don't know whenever he's going to be coming into the league. I think Smitty's uh, contract's up after this year. I'm going to miss Brendan Smith so a lot. lot. I wouldn't I, mind another like, one-year deal with him. I would, yeah, I would just keep like him as a seventh yeah. If you look at his career, man, like forward defense, he does whatever it is to stay in the lineup. And now that we got rid of Lemieux, if we get rid of Brendan Smith, who the fuck's going to stick up for anybody? Right. Well, hopefully Braden Schneider is able to play because that another, kid. Another young defenseman that could fucking really step in at some point. Like, I, I feel like we have all these pieces, but they're just not ready. Yeah. And, you know, it's tough because, you know, I don't know. I feel like defensemen. Although Miller came in and he was he was dynamite and he's been dynamite all year and never totally totally not expected but he came in and was just awesome so I'm hoping we can catch you know that that magic in a bottle with some of these other kids because I don't want the the Lafreniere treatment to Raiden Schneider you know what I mean I don't want him playing you know five minutes a night as a defenseman and we're playing Fox you know close to thirty it's like if we want to make a run for the playoffs, we got to, you know, have a balancing act here during the regular season. Um, well, Keandre, Keandre Miller leads all rookies in time on ice. So I'm hoping that would just, I mean, he's also been really, really good. For talking about defending defensemen, I think a lot of people kind of thought Keandre was going to be like this offensive guy and like maybe he might end up being, but like he has such a good stick, dude. He, I think he's everything that MSG's been telling us that Mark Stahl's been for years. Like, yeah, he, he can skate, he has a good stick. He's not overly physical. He can be physical if he wants, but he gets the puck out, and that's all. He plays a very simple game, like a very, and that's what you want. Like well, I think, if, has, it, I don't know. No, no, I think you're a hundred percent right. And if he commits to being too physical, he'll take himself out of the play. I mean, <laughs> right. That, I think that's what that kind of happens to Truba a lot. But I want, I, I needed to say this point. I, I've nicknamed Truba Playoff Truba because I think <laughs> once we get to the playoffs, you're gonna need a guy like that to kind of muck it up, like. The game changes. It becomes way more physical. It becomes becomes it becomes way much of a grind. And I think you'll need playoff Truva. That's why I've nicknamed him Playoff Truva. Forget about his regular season play. Um, I I hope that guy because that contract scares me so much, dude. Like, I thought Jacob Truva was going to come over here and just be an absolute stallion, and it just hasn't occurred. And I don't know if it's and to me, I think the biggest issue it's like. It, it, to me, it's skating. Like, how many times has he gotten burned this year? Just like right or like right around or like. But I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I think we're a few few parts away from definitely being a playoff team every year. But again, we're so young. We're the youngest team in the NHL, man. Like, we just got to be patient. Yeah, and and uh, you know, it's just like it's so hard because again, there's the part of me that wants to go for the playoffs. And then there's another part of me. It's like, why don't we just call up every single kid and just let them play and let them learn. But you know, I, I fight myself back and forth. This is why, I'm, you know, mentally I just go, I lose my mind with this team because I want to be in everything. I want to go every single direction that there possibly is because, you know, I want the playoffs. I want the kids to develop. I want Lafreniere to be, you know, I want him to be the next, you know, Austin Matthews, but it's like, you know, and that's another thing too that Andy and I have discussed. You know, I I feel like our expectations for draft picks have been so skewed off of the, you know, the, David, yeah, like we had a span yeah. of like kids coming in first overall and just absolutely dominating. And then now, if you look at Jack Hughes with the Devils, 
you know, he's much better this year than he was last year. Um, you know, they're children. And I think we just had like a couple of years of just freak athletes that have been able to come up and just dominate that, you know, these kids, they might, you know, now they're going up against those Austin Matthews and stuff like that. So they're not going to come in and dominate right away. Like, you know, they're going to take a few years to develop. I also, in terms of the Rangers, I don't remember the Rangers ever bringing in such good depth. You look at Phil DiGiuseppe, has been pretty decent for us this year. Kevin Rooney, I'd, I would sign that motherfucker every year to play fourth-line center. Like, yeah. He's great. Double fans hate him. been really good, dude. Like, you've brought in the depth guys, which is way better than a Jason Megna or a James Shepard or, like, all these, like, weird names that we've seen throughout the last couple of years playing on the third and fourth line. Like, that's kudos to the front office bringing in these guys because – Normally this doesn't happen, and normally these kids would be playing a ton because there would be no other option. But we have options now. Like they're they're defensively responsible. They work their bag off. Some of them play on special teams. Like like I don't know. I'm terrified to see what happens when Brett Howden gets back in the lineup because that's going to be happening. And that's just gonna be another spot taken away from somebody. I uh, I don't know, man. He's going to be penciled in as the fourth line center. But I, I do ha- I do have a, qu- a question for you. It popped into my head, and then I totally forgot about it because, again, this team just makes me scatterbrain. Um, so, obviously, we talked about the Rangers center depth, right? And we have we have Zibanejad, obviously, as our number one center. We have Strom as our number two, and Hedl as our number three. Now, you said it before. Strom is a third-line center on a Stanley Cup team, right? A contender. I think so. Okay, which is which is hard to argue because like he's pretty much been a point per game player, and like you mm-hmm. don't get that out of third line centers. But like it, it, it makes you think if we had a little bit better of a center, what would happen? Well, that's another thing too. It's like Heedle kind of hasn't played. He's played well, but he hasn't played really well. Where you're like, he's definitely a number two center in the National Hockey League. Again, I feel like we might be playing with two number three centers. Are you opposed to trading Heedle and keeping Strom as your number three center? This, because we have a lot of young kids, right? You're gonna need some older guys. Like at the end of the day, like Strom is not even that old, but you do need some veteran leadership. Would you rather trade Heedle in, in a part of a package that gets you a bona fide number two center or number one center? Like even Eichel, would you? I mean, obviously you would like you would give up Heedle for Eichel, but. Um, you know, a package to maybe get like, I don't know, a Dvorak off of, you know, the Coyotes or something like that. Like bring in a bona fide number two center, but you have to give up Heedle along the way. I think you absolutely do it as long as you get the right center. Um, Eichel is a no brainer, but you also just don't want to do it just to do it. Right. <laughs> like you have to improve your team and you have to, and right now it's, it's about improving the team long-term rather than short-term. Cause I don't think we're a Stanley cup contender as of right now, if we were already in the playoffs and we're a little bit away, absolutely. But we're not quite there yet. Right. Um, and like, he was kind of ripping it up before his hand injury. It, yeah. That was kind of a really shitty timing for him. But last game he had two points. It seems like he's kind of, he does such a weird player, man, because when he's around the puck and he's doing the things he needs to do, a kid can skate. He's one of the best skaters on the Rangers. He can flat out fly. Like he really can. Yeah. But just some games you don't see him. And I don't know if that's injury or just being a kid. You also got to remember he's like 20 years old. I know. (laughs) I know. I, I wouldn't give up on him right away unless you can get a guy like fucking Eichel. If you get a guy like Eichel, yeah, 100%. But, but you know, I want to do it. Okay. I mean, it's just like, there's so many, 
you know, you don't really know where you're going to get out of Heedle. He's young. If you're going to get a bona fide center from another team, they're going to look for something in return. And I think Heedle's like the perfect player to give because it's like, here you go. Like, you're, it's not a roll of the dice. You're getting an NHL center back, but you also can get a pretty damn good center in a few years, you know? And, uh, you know, the Rangers might be looking for more of a veteran presence in the, in that lineup. So, and let's face it, like Strom, as much as he's number two, but then again, it's like, where's the number two center really going to play? Because Strom and Panarin have this unbelievable chemistry. Do you really knock yeah. off Strom off that line? I think you can. That's <laughs> I think Strom proves to you that you can. Because when Panarin's oh, yeah, out, Strom's ripping it up. Yeah, I guess so. It's true. But what happens if Panarin's like, hey, Strom's not leaving my side? I don't think he'd be like that. The Panarin could play with me and he would put up the same. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is true. It's like he he makes everybody around him better. Yeah. That that that's the thing that I think bothers me the most. When it comes with kids, half of it's confidence. Half of it's knowing that you're supposed to be there. Half of it's knowing when I have the puck, I can do what I want to do. Panarin gives you the puck. Panarin makes everybody around you better. Like, if you look at the Rangers, what players make everybody around them better? Panarin makes everybody around them better. Zibanejad makes everybody around them better. Fox. I would argue that Strom does to an extent. Those are three players right there. Why is – we have – well, we have four, but why aren't why aren't the kids on these guys' lines? I don't I don't know. I don't – again, I think the nickname, the KZB line, I think Kreider signing his extension, they kind of – the organization wants to reward him. And I think Quinn is a little bit playing playing for the playoffs. I think he he sees right now this team, if they hover around 500, is a failure. And I don't necessarily disagree with that. Um, and I don't necessarily disagree with, with, with what Quinn is doing because I can't say that I'd be kind of doing the same thing. But, you know, if your job is to come in and develop kids, then he's got he's to gotta give them more ice time. And... You know, but then again, I told you this. This is why I get exhausted because I spin myself in circles. It's like then I look at all the kids. Kako from last year is a different player. He's much better. Buchnevich has turned his game around. Fox is coming not only one of the best young defensemen, maybe one of the best defensemen in the NHL, period. And Keandre Miller has come into this lineup seamlessly fit in and has become one of our better defensemen most reliable defensemen uh for sure given uh you know his youth and inexperience so like maybe what quinn is doing is not the worst thing in the world but you know andy has nicknamed quinn you know he's he's not mr right he's mr right now and i think that's a perfect explanation of what quinn has been able to do with this rangers team yeah and and one thing we haven't talked about i kind of want to get your opinion on this the goaltending situation um Igor's numbers are pretty good my question for you is do you remember at any point throughout the course of the season where one of our goalies has stolen a game because I don't I, uh, yeah um and Lundquist used to do that shit every other fucking night and we were blessed and it's kind of like holy shit like we really were blessed that's the only problematic thing for me in terms of the goaltending situation not that they played bad in order to win a cup, you need a goalie that can just fucking take over a game, and I don't think we've seen that yet. Yeah, and I don't know if that has to do with. Well, then, then you know, listen, I'm I'm all for trading, uh, Georgie. You know, I think 
Oh, he sucks, dude. I'm so fucking done with Alex George. Like, every time he's in net, I know we're going to lose. It's, every single time. He's just he's like, awful. And then, like, and it sucks. Remember a couple years ago, he played against Columbus and he put up like 50 fucking just, saves. Yeah. And it was like insane. He was making like saves of the year, like three of them in one game. And it's like, holy shit, maybe this guy is good. He does have those games. And it's just like, and then he'll go out and he'll be like, how is this guy still in the NHL right now? And then that's what I'm saying, dude. D'Angelo should have punched him in the face. Like, oh, and, and then we, we ended up choosing him over Tony D and now we have Jacob Truba on the fucking second power play. It's yeah. Like, it's well, they weren't going to give up on the goaltending. It's a lot easier to get rid of a defenseman given the amount of D that we had at that time. Um, but, and listen, I, the Tony D situation, I'm just so sick of talking about him. It's just, listen, he, he is what he was, and you know the way he acts. It's never going to get rewarded in this league and, you know, in life right now. So it's just like one of those things. It was just an easy PR move for the Rangers to do. And, yeah. you know, looking at Georgie, though, the overall big picture, he needs to go. Like, he's too inconsistent, and I think keeping him around, looking back right now, and I obviously you can't say this for sure, but – I don't want Igor to look at his goaltending career as a tandem. I want him to look at himself as the leader of the goaltenders and like the number one guy. And, you know, because Hank, it was never a question. It was Hank's net and you just filled, you just played your role as backup. Now I felt like going into the season and I do think you do need a strong tandem for the regular season, but I think it almost hurt the kids mentally that they saw themselves as a tandem and not really, this is Igor's net. And then, you know, you're, yeah. you're going to be playing backup minutes. Bro, look at Boston. Like they have a tandem there, but to, it's too grass net. And yeah. there's no doubt about it. You know what I mean? But then you have Halak and I, I, a ton of them are injured. Actually, uh, Jeremy Swayman, university of Maine. He played his first game last night. I think he had 40 saves against the flyers, ended up winning. Uh, he's from Anchorage, Alaska. Uh, Hallow does a podcast with me. He's been high on this kid forever. And then last night they were talking about him. So I'm texting him. He's like, is this a humane kid? And he's like, yeah, and he's fucking awesome. So <laughs> great. Boston's going to have another sick goalie in the fucking pipes. Can't wait for that. But you're right. Like, and that's around the league. Like even Carey Price. Like Carey Price is the number one goalie. But who's the, is it Jake Allen, I think, is the backup yeah. there. And really, who's really helped out over there. And you look at Toronto, like Freddie Anderson hasn't had the best year, but I think Jack Campbell's 9-0 and this year. So, like, I think there is, like, yeah, you have to be number one, but you do need the backup. At the beginning of the year, I think Quinn kind of fucked that thing up in terms of being, like, it could be anybody's net. I would right, you can't you. go in like that. Like, you have to give that job to, like, a, a player. And then, you know, th- I think for goalies, it's so mental that you need to know your role and you need to know, like, your position. And knowing it's your net, I think other than the nets up for grabs, you now just have that extra thought like, oh my God, let's not lose this. Like, I don't want to lose this net. It's just like any sport, dude. Yeah. It's like quarterback ones. It's like closers in baseball. It's the same thing. Like there's few sport, there's few positions in sports where like the guy needs to know that their guy. If you're a closer on a baseball team, <laughs> if you don't know that you're the closer and you're battling this other guy, that's going to be in your head because if you make a mistake, now the other guy's in there. If you're a quarterback of, of a football team, like you need to know that your guy, otherwise you make a mistake, the other guy's in there. Like that's just how it is. Like I I agree with you with that. And it's nice to see Igor is getting his games in right now. Like that that is good to see. But fuck, man, I just wanted to steal a game so bad. I want him to steal a game, and I want to see Lafreniere do one sick thing. 
Like, I want to see Lafreniere go coast to coast with, like, confidence. And you saw it a little bit last night where he'd get the puck in the neutral zone and kind of wheel up. But he gets to the blue line, and he pulls up every single time and goes to pass, and the puck goes the other way. Like, dude, do the first overall pick. Do fucking something sweet, man. <laughs> like, I make it happen. That was never really his his game, though. He's so, like, cerebral and smart, and he's such an elite passer. And I think, dude, I don't – like, everyone's, like, so willing to give up Kako and Lafreniere in, like, a trade, especially to bring in Eichel. It's like, dude, let's, hold, let's pump the brakes a little bit, man. Like, this kid, give him, a, give him a year. It's a weird year to begin with. He's only playing against one division. The, he's never known the NHL without these stupid COVID protocols. And let's give him let's give him a year to develop. This is a warm up year for Lafreniere. I don't let's forget the stats, throw them out the window. Um, you know, he deserves some games that deserves to be playing first line and some games, you know, he doesn't really do anything. And, you know, it's his rookie season, so you gotta cut the kids some slack. Um, Kako does look like a totally different player. But uh, you know, I guess, you know, really to kind of wrap things up, you know, the Rangers have a game. Thursday night against the Penguins, and then we play right away against in Friday. Back to backs make me nervous because I don't know what Quinn's gonna do with the fucking goaltending. If he's gonna <laughs> play Georgie or I mean Kincaid has been like some games he's a blockade, and then some sometimes he's like a, like a piece of Swiss cheese. Like every shot just goes in. I can't trust anything. I'd rather just ride Igor every single fucking game. It's like the kid. I would too, but if you have to pick one, I pick Kincaid over Georgiev because at least Kincaid gives you a little bit of a chance. Georgiev will get fucking, he'll get shelled, or he'll keep it close and then give the puck up in overtime and have a defenseman punch him in his face, and the defenseman will be banished from the NHL for years to come. So, well, well, too bad that wasn't Jack Johnson because it would have been nice getting rid of him earlier. Dude, too many games in the beginning of the season with blown points. Like we would be in such a better position if that whole. Like first month didn't happen. I mean, how many games did we blow against Pittsburgh? Uh, blue game against Buffalo. Just mm-hmm. it's just. I mean, it's game after game in the beginning of the season was just a nightmare. But uh, here we are. We're what nine points out with a game in hand, so potentially seven. Playing Pittsburgh again tomorrow night. That gives us that can knock it down to five for a playoff spot. I think it can happen. Thinking can happen. Um, all right. It could happen. Things have to go the right way. We need to fucking beat the teams that we need to beat. I don't know how many teams, how many games we have against New Jersey or Buffalo for the rest of the year, but those are must wins. Um, same with the Flyers, and then you just got to ship away at the other teams. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, do you want to plug your stuff to kind of end the podcast? I mean, I don't know who hasn't yeah. heard of the morning skate yet in the hockey world right now, but. <laughs> If, uh, if you guys like hockey podcast, checks out it's morning skate, morning underscore skate on all of our socials. Uh, we do kind of NHL news, roundup, beer league talk. I typically talk about the Rangers each week. Hal talks about the Bruins. Um, then we've had some pretty cool guests on, which has been dope. Um, and yeah, so it's it's the morning skate, and hopefully you guys enjoy that. All right, so that was Ked joining us from the morning skate on the Broadway Boys podcast. The Rangers. Again, I'll tell you once again, the Rangers will win tomorrow night and close the gap to the Pittsburgh Penguins with seven points. And then we're going to win Friday. And we then we'll, games played will be even and we'll be five points out by the weekend. To Mark Messier, I guarantee.
Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.